Please do turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew and chapter 5. And while you do that, an encouragement again to all the men uh, to attend breakfast. Uh, give your wives a break to prepare breakfast for you. Uh, come, there will be breakfast prepared uh, by somebody else. So please do come uh, this Saturday and then transition into the worship leading at which time uh, the ladies will attend will join us. Please do come for breakfast. Uh, it's a biblical thing uh, that food enhances fellowship. It's a biblical thing. Uh, so do come to fellowship and food at the center of it. Or please do come uh, to eat uh, on Saturday. And while you turn to Matthew, just a comment that this is a series we've begun in the evening, uh, but we do this switch uh, for this Lord's Day and other Lord's Days, uh, primarily because the number of us do not come uh, in the evening. So please do come uh, so that you give me a little liberty uh, to pursue one course for the evening and another course for the morning. Uh, but because many of us do not come, uh, we do need this uh, kind of balanced diet, uh, both from the morning and the evening. But also, uh, this evening we open up uh, our theme text, First uh, John chapter 2, verse 6. So I'll invite as many of us to come uh, for the opening up of that passage this afternoon, uh, partly because it rhymes and fits into the Lord's table. Again, if you are a Christian, the Lord's table is a command. It's not optional whether you are young or old. Uh, generally, when there is a Lord's table, we must have an overflowing evening. Uh, rarely uh, we do. Please do come for the Lord's table uh, this evening as well. May I also, therefore, also, that it's been observed, particularly among the young in the morning service, but that when there is a Lord's table, just before the Lord's table, we troop out. Uh, please don't go out when the Lord's table is celebrated, even if you are not participating. Uh, stay in and admire so that you'll be persuaded uh, to move so that you will participate at some time. So for the parents, please look out for your children that if they do go out during the Lord's table, you reprimand them. And according to Proverbs, spare the road. Uh, the rest you can fit in. Uh, so please, uh, do stay, the young ones, when there is the Lord's table. This happens generally in the morning service. Stay in the service uh, because, again, it's been observed. When you go out, the activities WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter, uh, they are not sanctified at that point. Uh, so please stay in. Matthew chapter 5, after we've read, then we will pray uh, together. And we'll read the first 11 verses. Matthew chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. On my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the notices that we are given. And we pray that you'll undertake for us in responding to all of them appropriately. We particularly pray for Van Natasha and Van Jamba who relocates to Lusaka. We commend them to you that as they do so, they will not only settle in the work situation and in the town, but they will quickly find a place by way of a local church that we will call home and settle there. So grant them your blessings and be with them and cause them to experience your grace. We ask that they will continue to grow in issues of Christ, in knowledge and grace, but also pursuing newness of life, Christ-likeness, because that's what we are as your children. So we commend them to you. Those that are not well, our Father, we ask that your grace will be upon them and that you'll be pleased to undertake for them. We ask now that you be with us as we focus on Matthew, particularly from a general perspective on how that we are to desire and acknowledge that we are blessed. That's our standing, that's who we are. But assuming we are in Christ, we do qualify, we do uh, are the people that are described, the characteristics pictured in these blessings, that if they are true for us, we truly can say we are blessed. If we are not blessed in the biblical sense, the opposite is true. And Luke would remind us that not only does Christ pronounce blessings, he pronounces woes, pronounces cursings. The psalmist has told us the same thing. Blessed are those who delight in the law of God, who scorn and abhor sin. Oh, but the wrath of God is upon those who do not walk in his footsteps. And we pray, therefore, that you cause us to desire to be in Christ, to be saved, that then we can say we are blessed. Bless us, therefore, in the preaching of your word. Glorify your name among us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The standing or status of those who are Christ-like, the standing or the status of those who are Christ-like, they are blessed. And as a family, we've received blessings this week and last in physical terms, in material terms, and we're grateful to all aspects and church committees that are responsible for such blessings. But no human being hates to be blessed. No one. 
no one would say I don't want to be blessed. All I want is the opposite, just to be cursed. Oh, by the way, even those that claim to be Satanists, they worship the devil because of what supposedly he gives them. Uh, blessings from that side, and there are no blessings at all. The status, the standing of those who are Christ-like, the Lord Jesus describes them as blessed. We began considering the section, the Sermon on the Mount last Lord's Day in the evening, and we made the following overall observations. The overall theme of the Sermon on the Mount, we indicated that it is a manifesto setting out the nature of life Jesus followers in the context of life in the kingdom of heaven is. It is a manifesto. It's a characterization of a life Christians must live. That's the overall theme of the Sermon on the Mount. Secondly, we observed generally that the compulsion of the Sermon on the Mount is simply to compel us to ask, who is this one who speaks the way he does? You have heard that it was said to you, but now I tell you. You have heard it was said, but now I tell you. You've heard it was said, now I tell you. Who can speak like that? You read the Sermon on the Mount, you compelled to ask that question, who is this one speaking? And thirdly, and in concluding our observation last Lord's Day, we observed that the Sermon on the Mount challenges complacency in Christian holiness and service. The Sermon on the Mount challenges complacency in Christian holiness and service. Your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Surely you can't be complacent if you compare yourself to their righteousness legally. You are the light and therefore let your light shine. You cannot afford to hide your shining. Cause your righteousness to be seen. It challenges complacency. We continue this Lord's Day to reflect on the same, the standing or status of those who are Christ-like. They are blessed. So having considered the introductory observations on the Sermon on the Mount, we move to consider the first words that is attached to every of those situations, the word blessed. So we consider the Beatitudes but let's begin with the word uh, that has caused this to be called the Beatitudes. Blessed, blessed, blessed. In considering the Beatitudes, let us begin by considering the meaning of the word blessed. The meaning of the word blessed. In seeking to understand the word translated blessed, in many versions, Many versions uh, translate it as blessed. Many versions. Maybe it is important to mention here uh, that not all versions are very good versions. You need to be careful which version of the Bible you use. Some of them uh, have some kind of an individual's thoughts. And in the translating of blessed, and I'm not saying the two I'm quoting are bad, 
uh, we can discuss that some other time. Uh, but it's true to say not all visions are good visions. In seeking to understand the word translated blessed, in many versions, two versions out of those I consulted translated the word differently. They didn't translate the word blessed. The Bible in basic English and Young's literal translation used the word happy. And so it would read as follows. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comfort, comforted. Happy are the meek. The difficulty is verse 11. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Blessed does include a component of happiness, but blessed is more than just being happy. Uh, happy is not so much uh, comprehensive, uh, so that blessed is probably in the English uh, the best translation uh, to employ here. Because happy underlines the element of joy, excitement, and it is many a time connected to circumstances. I am happy about my job. Well, in this context, everything that's happening does not make you happy. They insult you, they revile you, uh, they mock you. You can't be happy, you are sad. But you can acknowledge that you are blessed. Blessed in this context is used in the sense of divine favor. But let's, uh, if you, those of you that uh, read Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, his skew, his bias is that the word blessed here basically stands for fortunate. Uh, fortunate are you, fortunate are you, fortunate are you. Uh, now, Dr. Lloyd-Jones was a preacher by excellence. I'm not sure I agree. That's the primary meaning of the text, that it means fortunate. You are therefore fortunate because of this. I think blessed describes the sense a little comprehensively. Blessed in this context, and as we shall see, overall in the context of the scriptures, unless qualified, if it is a pronouncement of God that you are blessed, the sense of that pronouncement is basically that God's divine favor, God's kindness, those of you that are good at theological terms, God's smiling providence is your share, is your experience, is what God desires for you uh, to experience. So blessed in this context is used in the sense of divine favor. It is divine favor bestowed on the true disciples, bestowed on the intended recipients, on those whose characterizations are true in the text. Here's what we read. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you are poor in spirit in the sense of what the text means, well then God's kindness, 
God's favor, God's smile, God's goodness is what is being said is yours in whatever sense that is implied. Blessed means approved of God and shown acts of kindness on the approved by God beyond the usual. It is experienced God's approval. It's God saying, this is good. Here's what he says about his son. This is my beloved son. I am well pleased with him. In that sense, the son is a blessed one. And it is in that sense that I am stating that Jesus primarily means in the Sermon on the Mount as we reflect on the Beatitudes. It means the approvingly treated with favor. It is, as we practice it here, is a father or mother and their son comes home, great 12 results have come out and he comes home with six points. They don't ask, was this leakage or is this your hard work? They simply say, well done. Uh, you hold them and say, this is good. That's treating them with favor and kindness because of the character that which they have demonstrated they have performed well. And so for the first time, you give them money to go and eat ice cream even when it's negative five degrees Celsius. So you treat them with favor. And that's what the text basically is stating. Blessed. As is used here, points more to what is inward. And so can be rendered happy, but in a lofty or noble or elevated sense. Not simply I'm happy, but if it's rendered happy inwardly, it's a more elevated, it's a more lofty, it's in a more noble sense of the use of that word. Blessedness is an infinitely higher and better state than mere happiness. Behind the word blessed lies the clear cognition or understanding of sin as the fountainhead of all misery. As you read the Sermon on the Mount, you read in the Old Testament in the Psalms, you read in the New Testament in Luke, read in Revelation that the blessings are pronounced on those whose standing with God would be said to be righteous, to be holy, to be pleasing, to be meek, to be poor in spirit, uh, to be peacemakers. And therefore, these are characteristics of the blessed and it's assumed it's those who stand in this position that are blessed, those who don't. Please go to someone so that we, we see what I am talking about here, uh, that pronouncement of blessed. That the first bit is positive, the last bit is negative. And these are blessed because what is said in the first part of Psalm 1 is true. And therefore God pronounces them blessed. Verse 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night and then we have a picture of what is like from verse 2 to verse I mean just verse 3 well then we have a contrast verse 4 the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away therefore the wicked do not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish sin is what is responsible if I may put it where this were to be in a place that would be called cursed to be in a place of judgment to be in a place in Romans chapter 1 I think it's verse 18 the wrath of God is being revealed on who? the ungodly that's what we need to appreciate as we come to Matthew 5 that behind the word blessed lies the clear understanding of sin as the fountainhead of misery why are we in this state of suffering, corruption and hatred and gossip? Well, it's because of sin in the garden. And all we are experiencing are the consequences. But we must also understand that holiness as the final and effectual cure of war. That ultimately, it is holiness, a pursuit of Christ, righteousness, a dependence on Christ, living a life that is pleasing to him, that when you live that life, Christ makes the pronouncement blessed. That's the meaning of the word blessed. So the question is simply this. If that's what it means, and we'll be looking at uh, that which must be true if you are to call yourself blessed but we still can ask the question are you sure you are blessed are you sure you are blessed in the context of psalm number one which category do you fall in the man who is blessed the one who delights in the law of god the one who does not sit in the seat of mockers or remain comfortable in the paths of the wicked. Are you that man? Are you that woman? Are you that boy? Or are you that girl? Because if you're not, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God is on your head. Are you blessed? Or you are a target and an object of the wrath. Let us consider in the second place that when Jesus says blessed all the nine times in his make, he is making a declaration of what the status of the true disciple is. They are blessed. That's what Jesus is doing. Now again, if you're using the NIV, the ESV, New King James Version, King James Version, American Standard, whatever version it is, this is how they read. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you. It's a pronouncement. 
It's a declaration. It's an affirmation stating what your position is. If these characterizations, if these elements, if these virtues, if these truths are true, and these are true if you are what we read in the opening verses of chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, what governs the Beatitudes, the statement on the various Beatitudes are in the context that is teaching his followers, is teaching his learners, is teaching his students, is teaching those we saw in Acts were called first Christians at Antioch. That's what governs the Beatitude. And about those, he says their status is a blessed one. What the blessed does not mean in this context. Let's observe again, as you read some versions, you get a sense that's not so accurate in terms of the sense of the text. What the word blessed does not mean in this context. Blessed is not used here as an exclamation statement as the complete Jewish Bible in all the verses. If you have access, and many of you may have, uh, turn to the Jewish complete Bible, and here is how it reads. How blessed are the poor. How blessed are the meek. Now that's more like exclaiming. That's more a statement of surprise. That's a statement of awe. How blessed. It's like what we say to him, oh my sure, come on. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not surprised. He's not even explaining, wow, is that what my father has done? Wow, you are blessed. No, he's saying to you, if you are a Christian, you are blessed. And that's true because of who he is to make that statement. So I'm not sure it's an exclamation statement. Blessed is not used in the sense of simple, present, continuous action as a tra living translation. Those of you with the living translation, it reads as follows. God blesses those who... Jesus is kind of reporting it. My father blesses those. No, Jesus is saying, blessed. Blessed are you. Not he, my father blesses. As a continuous practice, it's true, but that's not the thrust. The thrust is the status. You are blessed. Not my father will bless you. You are, if this is true. You are blessed if what I am saying is what you are or who you are. The sense of the Beatitudes is not like Branagh renders it, like a prayer from Matthew, God bless you. That's not the sense. Jesus is not praying for the Father to bless us. Jesus is affirming that if we follow him, the Father has done that. He's blessed us in that position. We are blessed. That's what the word does not mean. It does not mean a prayer. It 
does not mean a simple uh, action, continuous, simple present. It does not mean an exclamation. Now, we may be surprised as individuals, as human beings, uh, but that's, that's not the sense. Jesus is very clear, blessed are you. Sometimes when you say blessed, it sounds less emphasized. Blessed are you. Who are this? Not you may be blessed. Not may God bless you. Like many newscasters will tell us even when they are not saved. Not sure which blessings they are invoking for us. But Jesus says blessed. So here is what this implies, beloved. If you are a Christian, your status is a blessed one. If you are, it's a blessed one. And I'll be saying something a little about some of the things that happen and in the class this side, some strange and varied teachings on this issue of being blessed. What the word blessed means in this context? It is a divine declaration. Blessed in this context as in many other places in the scriptures, is a divine pronouncement on the described individuals. Jesus in this statement is making a strong affirmation regarding the standing of the followers of Christ. They are blessed in the sense blessing means here. Just in case you're wrestling with but pastor, me I'm not blessed. I have only one pair of shoes. That's not the thrust here. It's not necessarily talking about material and outward blessings. I indicated it's inward, standing in relation to God's favor, in relation to God's kindness, in relation to God's providences. The Beatitudes are not just intimations of the future or consolations in relation to it. They see the present in light of the future. They are present realities with an ultimate future realization. It's true today that you are blessed. The fullness of it will be realized when Christ returns, when glorification comes. And please notice, I'm not even saying the fullness of your blessedness will be realized when you die. Uh, when you die, you are in a place called the intermediate state. You're not glorified yet. You are waiting glorification. And when glorification comes, then the ultimate enjoyment, the fullness of the blessings of God will be our portion. Just in case you're thinking, are you sure you are right? Read the Apostle Paul in Romans that glorification involves creation itself. The creation is mourning. Uh, creation is not yet glorified, and therefore we are not, even those that have uh, passed on. When God blesses, he bestows or confers or imparts the ability or effectiveness which renders or causes or brings about effectuality of the blessings pronounced, the enforcing, the causing to work of his blessings. At which puts into force or operation the blessing. When God says you are blessed, all that must happen to bring that to realization happens because God makes that pronouncement. 
whether the blessings are temporal, spiritual, bodily or mental, each and every single one of them does really in reality as a fact convey the good which they announced in them. If God was to choose to say to them, Pastor Lama from today, you'll have a jumbo jet, 95 seater because you are the holiest of men. If God said that, it would come to pass today. Because you'll ensure all that must be done comes to come to pass. And if he said the blessing you'll have is to cut your hair in a bored way fashion, it will come to pass. Blessed are the bored headed. <laughs> in contrast to human blessings on fellow human beings, pronouncements of blessings if they are from human beings are at the very lowest good wishes uh, God bless you at the very best it's a prayer for them that's where we stop no human being has the efficacy to actually bring about in this sense the realization of the blessing. Now, obviously, you can bless somebody with 1,000, 10,000. You can do that. In this context, the inward disposition, the inward state, salvation in relation to Christ, no human being can do that. You can only wish them well. Even when you wish them peace, you can't give them peace. Maybe I need to confirm. Can you? Can you give anyone peace? You can't. But when God says, peace be with you, oh, then we can read of his peace that surpasses even our understanding. Because he gives it. And why does that come to pass? Because he has the power to bring it to come to pass. Even when we are in the midst of storms, even when the future looks terribly bleak, when God says, be at peace, he will bring all that must work, bring you to be at peace. Pastor Mbewe some time back was describing a man whose temperament, whose general characteristic is that he rarely panics. If he does, you can't see it. And one day he was in an accident and was severely injured. And those who went to see him were kind of crying and, no, it's very bad. But you looked at him, it's like, it's life as usual. Don't worry, it's okay, I'll, I'll be fine. And you're thinking, what faith? What was the difference? His rest in Christ. Whatever it is, God is in control. I may not be a Joe Mwangaza, I think, fan, but here is one thing that's true, the theology that is true. God is in control. But the question is, are the things described here true for you? Unless these human beings are inspired of God, even if it's the apostles. They pronounce a blessing, but it will be at the best a prayer for you. They can't affect it. Unless they are 
Abraham, O Moses, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, and the priests who God clearly taught, this is how you will bless my people. And because he taught them, God will ensure that that blessing which he has caused these people to pronounce will come to pass. Here is what I would like to do. It's to read many verses and then come and make an application. So if you would like to follow, simply write, because that will be uh, 180. I'm in German just now on the highway, 150 kilometers per hour. The types of affirmative statements of blessed are, or blessed is, are found elsewhere in Matthew. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Chapter 11, verse 6. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. 13, verse 16. And Jesus answered him, Blessed you, Simon, but Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 16, 16 to 17. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, who his master has saved over his household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. 24, 45 to 46. Luke has them in more comparative numbers than any other gospel writer, but we're not going to look at those in Luke. These types of affirmative statements are also found in the Old Testament. And Jesus, in this sense, is simply doing what God has already laid down in his dealing with humanity. For example, in the Psalms, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord distrust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. 40, verse 4. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his way. 119 verse 1 to 3. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. 128 verse 1. In this sense of blessing, meaning the strong favor. Only God can bless. So when we read in Matthew, blessed are, if you are that person, if you are those people, be assured without an iota of doubt that you are truly and really blessed. When you read in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 of chapter 1, Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. When you read that, and you are a Christian, that's true. That's not only for the Ephesians. 
Beloved, it's absolutely true that the saints, not only those who were in Ephesus, but the saints who ever lived and are living have been under blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ as stipulated. This means this. You don't go to the man of God to impart you with some spiritual blessing. You don't. You don't go to some papa and say to them, bless me, papa. No, the text says you are blessed in every spiritual sense. You are. Don't go to some bishop. To them I come, papa, to plant my seed, bless me. It's not in the text. Is it? It's not. Blessed are. Blessed are. Blessed are. If you are a saint in every single sense of spiritual blessing. That's what Paul says. Unless he's lying. I don't think anyone of us would say he's lying. Is he? So why are we so desperate, discontented, seeking some supernatural, superfluous, something, you know, kind of to titillate and scratch our ears, and so we're not content with these pronouncements, we go and bow. Probably men and women more wicked than yourself. We ask them, bless us. I followed a debate on Koinonia. Why are we going there? Why are we going there? Isn't it because there is a sense this one is a powerful man of God? I, I don't know how many of you would say Pastor Lama is a powerful man of God. You won't. You probably say he's a good pastor. This guy is good. He makes nice jokes. Sometimes he offends us. That's okay. But powerful, maybe not. Why? He doesn't have the ability to impart. You are blessed. Kura <laughs> Bashet. Let me read Ephesians again. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Notice the status again. The position, where are we blessed? In whom are we blessed? We are blessed in Christ. With how many blessings? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. When we read in Revelation, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Chapter 1 verse 3. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. 
Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. When we read those words and you fit those categories, you are blessed. So beloved, to be a Christian is a blessed, gloriously blessed position. Oh, unfortunately the opposite is true. If you hear and all you are is religious, you feel good to come to church, you have no relationship to Christ, you can't say he's your savior, you cannot speak of forgiveness of your sins, you're not sure about when you die. Oh, the apostle Paul says the wrath of God is being revealed. Reverend Narenda illustrated it this way, that if you are that person, it's like you are under a hanging stone and the rope above it is being chewed every day and there is only so much a string remaining. If you don't go out, it will crush you. Please flee from the wrath of God. Flee. Oh, be Christ-like. Because that's the position, that's the status that brings about blessedness. I would like to say this again. Please don't go to some man of God, woman of God, child of God, boy of God, baby of God. And believing when you sit under them, they lay their hand on you. They speak some words in some harsh voice. Father, go. No, it doesn't mean anything. It's what God has stated. Are you blessed? If you're not sure, run to the Savior. Only then can you see there shall be showers of blessings. God bless you.